This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to the Minnesota Vikings. My name is Chris Shad. I write for the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage and BringMeTheNews.com as well as the Brookings Register. My co-host to my right is Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. If you miss us, we're available in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Adam, this podcast is very hard to do this time of year. And it didn't always used to be the case as we were talking about on air because or off air, I guess. In the old regime with Mike Zimmer and uh, Rick Spielman, we had a lot to talk about because Mike Zimmer did not give a bleep. I don't know why I'm saying bleep. We swear on this podcast all the time. So, but now it's just kind of like, all right, we're out here at OTAs and uh, yeah, everybody's here and everybody's happy and there's a couple guys missing, but um, nothing to see here. Uh, we got we got bloggers hiding in the bushes. We got, uh, you know, we got reporters getting stiff armed by Jordan Addison. Oh, yeah. Just uh, nothing going on, right? Yeah, it's a little uh, I would say it's it's a good it's a good thing, though. Because uh, most of the stuff that we were talking about and writing about during the, the Zimmer era or whatever usually wasn't positive. Some of it was, you know, it'd be like be like the, the tropes we've talked about in the past, like Anthony Barr, like, oh, he's working with the pass rushers or is Zimmer going to give up play calling and things like that. Um, so and then there was other things like, you know, the stuff with the Stefan Diggs trade and everything and, and him not showing up to OTAs and then Daniel Hunter and his injury and his contract um so yeah uh it's more less exciting now uh with otas i don't think otas otas haven't really provided a lot uh even even during the zimmer and spielman era but they provide even less now and i think that that's kind of the goal of the current regime is like we don't we don't need to create any news unless there there is any um kevin o'connell's gonna tell you a lot without telling you anything that's basically his goal with every answer in every press conference. Um, he's not going to, you know, he's going to, he might tell you the truth, but he's not going to like dive deep and talk about where exactly Justin Jefferson is, what exactly their plans are with Delvin Cook, where Mike Zimmer might have been like, um, Delvin's not here. And if he wants to play, then uh, he should be here. Mike Zimmer would cut like a five-star promo <laughs> at like, you know, Justin Jefferson, if you want to play, you're going to come mm-hmm. here and we're going to mm-hmm. run gassers yes. until you puke. He said and then we're about- going to run routes and then we're going to do all this stuff because I'm Mike Zimmer and that's how Bill Parcells did things. Didn't he say that with Adrian Peterson when uh, Peterson was trying to like do his little holdout after uh, his suspension or, or whatever? Um, and Zimmer was like, well, uh, if Adrian wants to play next year, then he needs to show up here. And what do you know? Like a day or two later, oh, look, there's Adrian Peterson popping up at, uh, 
Vikings practice. So yeah, yeah, I think he'd have a lot more to say on uh, this, the Justin Jefferson situation and Delvin Cook situation. Even Daniil Hunter, he'd probably have a lot to say about that. Too. Well, um, let's start with that. The Justin Jefferson situation um, sounds like there's some steam. Mark Rosen said yesterday on the power trip after about 45 minutes of fart jokes, um, <laughs> watch out in the next 48 hours for Justin Jefferson. And uh, somebody asked, I can't remember who it was. Is that the most uh, well, off season statement like ever? Watch out. Watch out for that. Watch out Justin, for what? Justin Jefferson is going to sign with the Timberwolves. Watch yeah, out for that. Watch out. Like, Justin Jefferson is going to be a reliever for the Twins. I love that. Um, that's like an off-season tweet. Watch, watch out. Keep an eye on. Best shape of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. If you're playing the off-season drinking game, yeah. go ahead and crack one open there. But, uh, yeah, they asked him, oh, like, good news? And Mark Rosen said, let's hope so. Um, <laughs> that's comforting. But uh, nothing yet as we're recording this on Thursday morning. So let's go back to Kevin O'Connell's press conference on Tuesday, where he was asked about Justin Jefferson's whereabouts. And he said, quote, I hope to see him as soon as possible. I think our participation amongst the whole team has been so good that we're able to get great work and we'd love to have him here, obviously. But I think as we work towards minicamp, we have a real clear cut plan of what that looks like and hopefully get him some work. I know a lot of guys would be excited to see him. Are you nervous about this at all like if we're doing like the old what was the terror scale like where are, are we in the blue yeah. are we in the red is it purple I, I don't know um no i'm not worried about it um i was thinking today like i wouldn't even be worried if uh he didn't go to ot mandatory minicamp or whatever if he doesn't show up to training camp yeah you could worry but even i, I know people are going to be worried too if he doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp but like it's two or three days and, mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to afford whatever fines come his way if he doesn't get that because uh, i think right now his contract is priority number one and it should be because he deserves to be paid a lot of money yeah. um and he doesn't want to do anything to jeopardize that which includes getting hurt during otas and during during a meaningless practice which i think i was listening to purple daily the other day um i think judd or, or phil or somebody made a good point that Justin Jefferson is is on his own right now in a controlled environment. If he comes to OTAs and they're doing 11-on-11 or 7-on-7s, there's way less control, especially when it comes to what other people do, uh, you know, when he's going up against teammates and stuff. Because we saw yesterday or two days ago where KJ Osborne got a little banged up because uh, one of the cornerbacks landed on him and kind of knocked the wind out of him. I think it was Andrew Booth, actually. Um, and, you know, that happens to Justin Jefferson. Everyone's freaking out. So, you know, his agents are like, why don't we just stay here? You can still work out and everything, but you're not going to have to worry about anyone else falling on you or, or anything. You know, there's there's still chance of injury, but it's it's way lower than it is, you know, if you're going out in seven on sevens because they want you to go full speed or, or 11 on 11. So being in the control environment is it's smart on his part to not jeopardize his contract because that's the top priority. And I think it's going to be done. There's no reason why it shouldn't get done. It's just some probably little details here, trinkets there, you know, when when the money kicks in, guaranteed money and all that stuff. Um, I did look up who his agent is right before we got on. He has three agents. He's with CAA. And some of the guys that are on his team or whatever have negotiated the deals for Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. So we're dealing with people who've worked with pretty large contracts already. So they 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 know what they're doing. Um, it's not a it's not a Ben Dagra situation. If anyone 
knows that name. Didn't um, he like fight <laughs> Rob Brzezinski yes. at a, at St. Yes. Elmo's or something? Yes. yes. Uh, in in the convention center or whatever, I think, or or in whatever field it South, is. That Lucas sounds Oil. like old school WWE. Like remember, yeah. uh, in he posted the, late the hat. 90s? With, he had the Bucks hat on or whatever too. Remember that? Yeah. He posted the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, remember the late nineties though, and like WWE, like the APA would always go yeah. to the. Uh, the bar. Tim White, who was a referee, yeah. he owned a bar yeah, called yeah, yeah. the Friendly Tap. And every time they needed like something fit, like they needed <laughs> like, to replace the ball ba- walls or whatever, like, yeah. oh, why don't you guys just beat the shit out of each other in yeah. my bar and we'll yeah. just write it off? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not I'm not worried yet. And I I really want to be worried if he doesn't go to mandatory minicamp. I know people are gonna make a big hoopla out of it. I'm probably gonna write about it like should, you know, should we be worried about it? Get them clicks, uh, baby. <laughs> We don't yes. write quick clickbait like other sites. I'm just saying, like we just gotta no, make a living. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get them regardless. Okay. Um, Everybody but, gets these clicks. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not worried about it because we haven't. We haven't heard any anything to be concerned about when it comes to either from Justin Jefferson's camp or uh, the Vikings. We haven't heard any reports from Ian Rappaport or Tom Pelissero about you know, you know, concerns about getting a long-term deal done or anything or anything from Adam Schefter. So now nah, there's no reason for anyone to be worried about it. It might just take a little longer than some people expected. Justin Jefferson is going to be fine. Justin Jefferson could show up the day before their first game and he'd still be really good. So, um, no, I'm not worried right now. Like there's a couple of things here. I was reading a story uh, on Aaron Rodgers in the athletic this morning. Uh, I that saw that. I've not read it yet. Yeah. And he mentioned, you know, how little the progress is and OTAs and minicamp and that sort of stuff. Might want to show up when all your receivers are rookies and like second year players. But, um, and, and he might be on acid while he was like making that phone call or whatever. He might've thought he was talking to like Bowser, the mushroom kingdom or whatever, <laughs> when he was uh, doing that interview. But, um, I agree with you. Do not put him in harm's way, especially when we're hearing all this stuff about Brian Flores' defense and how they're installing attitude and whatever. And it's like, you want to wail on KJ Osborne? Fine. You want to talk about Aaron Rodgers too. He had, he got the the calf thing or whatever in at OTAs. And that's the stuff you got to worry about. Right. Yeah. So, I I mean, yeah, KJ Osborne's important, obviously, but if you want to wail on like Jalen Naylor or somebody, go for it. If you want to wail on Justin, uh, I don't think so, especially (laughs) when the guy's trying to make life changing money uh, when it comes to his next contract. And this isn't a Le'Veon Bell situation. It's not a situation where the Vikings are saying, well, we're not going to pay you. And Jefferson's like, why aren't you going to pay me? And then he sits out and smokes weed and eats McDonald's for a year. (laughs) Um, the Vikings have let Justin Jefferson in on their conversations this offseason. We heard about that. It's very NBA like unless you're the Timberwolves and trade for somebody at the exact same position and turns out to be a shit show. But, um, uh, you know, this there's no sign saying the Vikings aren't going to do it. So I don't know. I, I mean, when it comes to Justin Jefferson, when it comes to Neil Hunter. I'm not concerned. I, I think both guys are going to wind up getting paid. They're just trying to clear the cap space uh, for that to happen. Um, and no, by the way, today is June know. 1st. So yeah. yeah, and I don't even know, like, depending on what their extensions look like, if, you know, they need to clear cap space to sign these guys because they can always either have the extensions begin in a, a year or two um, or push cap the you know the cap numbers into the future which they add some void years which they like to do uh with this regime apparently um so i don't even know if 
I, I would say that they have the cap space because they always they always have like um what's the thing that people always bring up like the Brian O'Neill they can always restructure his deal whenever they need more money. Um, so I think I think they're even good on on cap space when it comes to re-signing, not re-signing, extending Justin Jefferson and Daniel Hunter. There's somebody else though that uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. Shoot, we'll talk about it right now. I kind of okay. hinted at it, right? June first. Oh, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Um. You know, I feel like I should have alarms, bells, and whistles going off <laughs> because we've been talking about this day for like two or three months now. Uh, June first, everybody's contract changes. Basically, half of the dead money that was owed last year. So, so like for example, they cut Adam Thielen in February, right? They ate all of that on this year's cap and just like, all right, just get out of here, man. Um, it probably wasn't like that. It's not sounding like it was like that, but you know, basically that's what it is. Like, all right, we, we just, we know you're not you here. Let's just get you out of here. Um, June 1st is when half that money will transfer over. So in the case of Dalvin cook, if they had released or traded Dalvin cook prior to June 1st, the Vikings would have saved $5.8 million in cap space, but eight, eight, $8.2 million in dead cap if they released him. They would have had $7.8 million in cap space and $6.2 million in dead money if they had traded him. But now, since Dalvin Cook is still on the roster, they save $9 million in cap space and eat $5.1 million in dead money if they cut him. And they save $11 million in cap space and eat $3.1 million in dead cap if they trade him. If your head is spinning, don't worry. It's, it's complicated stuff. But I, does this date... Make a Dalvin Cook trade more likely in your eyes? I don't know. Uh, slightly, but it doesn't have to do with the Vikings. It has to do with other teams getting money. And I think the Dolphins are a team that's getting the most money after it's post June 1st. So it starts tomorrow where they get their, their mm-hmm. extra money. Um, and I believe they're getting about more than 13 million, the Dolphins are, um, which would be enough to just trade for Dalvin Cook, uh, not even touch his contract. Um, and they've been one of the teams that's been rumored, even though the, they signed, re-signed all three of the running backs this offseason and drafted someone else who I think they're pretty high on. Um, but they've still been rumored to be in on, on, on Delvin Cook because that seems to be like his preferred destination if he's going to be traded because it's Miami. It's where he's from. He'd like to play there. Um, but I think there's been there's been more rumblings like the Vikings would either like to do a pay cut or or trade him and I, and not not release him. There's been Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said yesterday that Dalvin Cook's more likely to be traded than released. And yeah, that's that makes sense. That goes along with a lot of what they've been saying. If the Vikings are going to move on from Dalvin Cook, they would like to get something in return for him. Um, and if not, then they would like him to stay in Minnesota. And it sounds like Dalvin Cook is more open to staying in Minnesota. Just the whole pay cut thing is something that has to be worked out. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I still think the Vike, him staying in Minnesota right now is more likely than anything, which is weird to say, cause a couple months ago we were like, he's gone, get him out of here. He's, they don't want him here. And then even after the draft, we're like, oh, they drafted a, a running back seventh round, Dalvin Cook's gone. But now it's like, what if he stays? And then, you know, that, that gives someone like Dwayne McBride a, a year to kind of get adjusted to the NFL doesn't have to have a lot on his shoulders and and Dalvin Cook and Madison and Ty Chandler can carry the the load of the the running back room um you know I I know Kevin O'Connell gave a lot of praise to Alexander Madison yesterday it was like a three down back and a lot of people took that as like oh 
that that means Dalvin's gone. It's like no, that's just how Kevin O'Connell talks. He's gonna he boosts guys up in uh, his in his pressers when everyone asks about. It. He's never been like, well, you know, Alexander Madison. You know, he's Madison's not been running in the back of his offensive line again. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping he can average like three and a half yeah, yards a carry, but we'll no see what Dalvin happens. Cook, but you know, he's but he's what we have right now. So we're just gonna work with what we got. Uh, no, he's he's never gonna do that. The uh, but yeah, if they trade Dalvin Cook, like the running back room is like my biggest concern going into the season. Because yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people are hyped about Alexander Madison, and I don't get it. I, I don't understand. A lot of people it. have been it's hyped like, about him for four years. And, and my question again, <laughs> I will I will go back to this. Kevin O'Connell's he's a three down back. He's great. He's everything. Why did he only get like seventy five carries last year? Yeah. Like why why wasn't he used more? Because honestly, if you think about it, if you had you know, Dalvin Cook's a home run hitter. Why not have Alexander Matt? Was it an ego thing? Was it where you're going to disrupt the locker room or something? If you yeah. gave Alexander Madison more carries, I mean, he's been on the team for a long time. That was year four, right? So I, I, I this feels like the twins assembling a bullpen where they just go like, Oh yeah, well the, this guy's cheap and we'll just flip the coin and see if it works. And their bullpen sucks. And they're like, I don't know what happened. This is weird. Like I get the idea that you want a more efficient ground game, but I also look at Alexander Madison and I see a lot of two or three yard carries and a lot of home runs. And I mean, the counterpoint to that is, well, they'll just use the younger back. We haven't seen anything from Ty Chandler. Dwayne McBride is out with a hamstring injury right now. Those things are tricky. Like that could linger into the first month of the season. Like if you, right. if you don't have Dwayne McBride for the first month of the season and you traded Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison sucks. Like, I don't know. I, I don't believe Ty Chandler is going to be this awesome bell cow back that some people think. So, I mean, I think a cook return is likely, especially it's going to have to do some ego stroking. I, I think they're going to have to talk to him and be like, Hey dude, you're not going to get, 300 for this isn't Mike Zimmer football. Like we're going to right. rotate guys, but it's going to help you. You're going to be fresher and right. you're going to be able to break more long runs because of it. Like, I think yeah. that was the most shocking thing with the running game last year is like Dalvin cook got everything. And I'm like, why sure. aren't we using Madison more? For sure. I think they could have like spelled Dalvin cook more. And I think there's stats to back it up where like Dalvin cook was, was really good in his first like 10 carries or so. But after that, his, his production kind of dropped off, um, which would, lead you to be like okay why don't you after like his after his first five touches why don't you kind of mix some guys in and that way keep Dalvin more fresh so he, so he can help you in the third quarter in the in the fourth quarter um but i wonder if they're going to do something similar to what they've done with like anthony Barr in the past where like they keep him they renegotiate his deal but they they make it so they like they reduce his his the length of his deal so that he can be a free agent next year and then he can resign or whatever or, or go somewhere else um so i wonder if they're they're trying to do that and maybe that's something that will end up happening but i agree with you i, I would say that it that's most likely right now is Devin returns um i think if you ask dolphin fans or even cowboys fans are like no no he's gonna be released and we're gonna sign him and then i'm just like mm, uh, <laughs> i don't know about yeah. that um so because because Dalvin in the nfl like i i think he's starting to realize like what he has in Minnesota, he's is probably like his best case scenario to to one play and two get get paid anywhere close to what he wants to make. He's not going to make his current amount anywhere he goes. He's not. It's, it's just that's going to be the case. He's not going to make what he's making now anywhere he goes. Um, I think he probably realized that at some point in this offseason, and uh, 
Yeah, I uh, right now I would say yeah, the the chances of Dalvin Cook staying are higher than him leaving. Which is let's weird. do it. So weird. let's do it this way. This is a bit of copyright infringement to another podcast. But okay. you want to do it? You want to try a pie chart? And you want to just rank these? What do you What do you want to do here? Because I got three options: Vikings trade Dalvin Cook, Vikings release Dalvin Cook, and Vikings keep Dalvin. I can do a pie chart. I'll do. 10% release, because I think that's a last resort. I think if just talks of anything break down, he's just like, no, I'm not I'm not going to play for that, and I'm not going to play for that team if you want me to trade there. So I think that would just be kind of like the DeAndre Hopkins thing that just happened, which is insane to me that they couldn't get anything for him, um, it's, but it's the Cardinals. And they're like, we got a new GM. And it's like, you're doing the same stupid stuff. <laughs> um, couldn't get anything for DeAndre Hopkins, not even a seventh-round pick. Um but a lot, a lot of things are turning into like dynasty league trades now where it's just like, just I remember shopping cook in my dynasty league yeah. last year. And everybody's like, why would I do that? Right, but right, right. So he's got 1100 So I think t- 10% release. I think that's the last resort. I would say, uh, we'll go 55, uh, 50, yeah, 55, 55 stay and then trade. What do I have left? I have 65, so 40, 35, 35 trade. This is like Steiner math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> normally, yeah. I'd say there's a 50-50 chance of Dalvin Cook staying, but he's a genetic freak. So normally, there's 85%. Sorry. <laughs> it's like reflex anytime we start talking percentages. and Speaking know. of, well, not really speaking of Steiner, but wrestling sidebar, uh, I watched the new episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I think it came on Tuesday. It's a uh, season premiere with Tammy and Chris. I Chris think. Candido. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love that show. I, 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 could, I could sit there and watch those those shows all night long. It was good. I've watched, um, I think I've watched one episode mm. of that whole I watched, series. I think I've watched them all. And maybe maybe I've seen clips of other, but I watched the Eddie Guerrero one. Or I think it was Benoit. I think it was about Chris Benoit, but yep. the first episode was about Eddie Guerrero, yep. and the second one was about Chris Benoit. Yep. And that was, I don't want to say it was awesome because Chris Benoit did a very. It was dark. He like should burn is. in hell, basically. Yeah. But, but explain um, to you what he was going through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like it was very detailed documentary of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> have my own quick. wrestling sidebar later in the okay. show, by the way. Okay. Um, I, I gotta get it out on some microphone. Yeah. But um, okay, so I said 8515 Vikings would probably get rid of Dalvin Cook. So I so I'm going to use that the same way. So I, I would say 15% Vikings keep Dalvin Cook. Um release i'm gonna put it at 20 percent. so i i just think that at some point the vikings have to do something and i feel like again, well, you think this, he's gone? this is like you think he's gone i think he's gone okay yeah i th- I think they'll find a trade partner they'll work out something similar to because I, I don't know you you don't sign alexander madison to that contract then you don't draft a running back in the seventh round and i know yeah. it was the seventh round and you don't pump up ty chandler if he's coming back like to me, that would just be super awkward if he walked into the locker room and, well, Alexander, thanks for re-signing with us, but, you know, Dalvin just gave us a deal we just couldn't refuse. And uh, Madison would probably go, well, trade me right bleeping now because I wanted to start. Or, may, you know, I, I mean, the whole situation, it's been telegraphed. That's That's been the biggest problem with this offseason. Yeah. We see his telegraphed every move. And some of it wasn't his fault. It was just the people in the locker room. Like Zadarius Smith looks out for number one. 
He can get in front of a microphone in Cleveland and be like, I'm a team player. I went out and played through this injury. And then he also mentioned, well, I also played through the injury because there's a per game bonus for being active, <laughs> but I'm a team player. And that's why I had the last year of my contract slash because I'm such a team player. Like he's Man, not as gregarious once or Gregorious. I don't know. I hope I didn't say any like nasty word on no, here, but that, uh, but uh, he's not as Gregorious uh, when you start messing around with his money. He turns into uh, medicine's cap is only 2.4 this year. So it's not like he's getting massive. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's making his backup it's money. still starter money in the NFL. Uh, for running back. Uh, the way things are going. Yeah. By the time Jonathan Taylor comes up for a contract, they're going to be like, you want a million dollars a year? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because uh, Saquon Barkley's still doing his negotiation or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Josh Jacobs if he signed his his tender or whatever. Yeah, they're uh, all making ten million this year. Yeah, so I, I, it's pretty good for. I don't know with Madison. Like maybe he wants to stay. Maybe he just likes where he is. Yeah. Some guys just like where they are in the NFL. And they don't want to mess that up. They'd rather just you know take whatever to to stay where they are. And maybe he's just happy in his role. He doesn't really get hurt because he doesn't get a lot of touches, but. You know, he gets some starts here and there. Maybe, maybe he likes it. So before we go into like stuff outside, anything on the field in OTAs that you have been. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think some people have written about it, like we said before, like excuse me. Uh OTAs this year and really in years past. There's there's not a whole lot that comes out. Yeah. You just go from pretty much what people say in the in the pressers and maybe some clips here and there. Even those are iffy because there a lot of them are in slow motion. Uh, so with the, with a beat on the back. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of social media. Just you know, engagement. Um, Kirk, Kirk, they're all you know, fullbacks and tight ends. Yes, yes. Oh, Kirk. All right, Kirk. It's fourth and eight. We're he in found, the playoffs. Found, found Jalen Naylor in the back of the end zone. <laughs> Great. That's never going to happen. Um, but Jalen Naylor apparently has been just making the most of his uh, his reps and OTAs because Jefferson's not there, Addison's not playing, KJ Osborne's a little banged up, so guys like Naylor, Rager, and and Brandon Powell are getting more opportunities. And apparently, Jalen Naylor has been doing pretty well with his opportunities, according to I think the Athletics, Alec Lewis. And and that's another reason why I'm not concerned with Jefferson. There, I would rather see the young get those guys get more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson doesn't need to prove that no. he can run a route. No. No. Like, let's see Jalen Naylor do stuff. Uh, I think Alec Lewis also mentioned that they've been running some some two tight end sets, but not like they've been doing traditional, like with both on the line of scrimmage. But there's also been times where Josh Oliver's been on the line of scrimmage and then TJ Hawkinson's in the slot. So that's a, you know, kind of a different look that, that you might expect out of like a two tight end look where uh, usually both guys are on the line of scrimmage. But um, this time you got one tight end in the slot, one on the line blocking. So that's something to, I don't know, something different. Um, and then I think there's been, uh, Cam Bynum has been used all over the place, uh, nickel corner, deep safety, put in the box. You know, it seems like he's just going to be all over the place. If he's used same thing with Josh Metellus, I think they're going to just, other than Harrison Smith, I think they're going to use Lewis Seen, Cam Bynum and Josh Metellus just all in a, 
a variety of different ways and just to mix things up to confuse the defense and know, you know, may, maybe Lewis seen as the starter, but it's not going to be like, okay, you're going to get 70 snaps no matter what. No, I think they're going to mix in guys, have people all over the place. And uh, that'll be something to watch too coming up. We'll, we'll see more of that in training camp and stuff, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of backups getting opportunities. I think Harrison Smith just arrived a day or two ago. So guys like Metellus and Bynum and seen, we're getting more reps. So like, the guy's not being there. It's not that big of a deal because the, the younger guys are getting reps, and this is the time for, for them to get that because you, you look back to last year when they were rookies and they are like running around with their heads spinning off and everything, didn't know what was going on, especially seeing. It sounds yeah. like he's he's actually doing really well um, this time around. So a lot of uh, a lot of backup lower-depth chart guys uh, making the most of their opportunities in OTAs, but nothing, no, no injuries, not yeah. nothing too crazy, I don't think. Addison's I'm, not playing because he's apparently he hurt something at the end of rookie minicamp and they're just being overly concerned. That's what Kevin O'Connell said about him. Um, yeah, so I'm not not worried about him either. I, I don't care if he doesn't practice until training camp because if if they're keeping him out of all OTA things, that's usually a sign of like probably a, a muscle strain or, or something like that where they don't want it to worsen. Um, and he's their top pick and they want him to play in next season. So there's no reason to for him to worsen it in a meaningless practice. So yeah, I, I am it. reading kind of skimming Alec Lewis's story right now yeah. and it says Ed Ingram's focus is I pass saw that protection. Too, yep. I sure as hell hope it is. Um <laughs> I don't I don't know. Ed Ingram's really interesting to me this year because yeah. I, I think he did a lot of good things in the run game. If he is just an average pass blocker, yeah. Like that, it's it's just like the defense. Like the he bar is in the league low. last year, huh? Pressure wise, uh, yes, I think yes. so. Yeah. He allowed the most pressures in the NFL. Like yeah. if he's a train wreck and allows like a ton of pressures this year, it's probably over. But if he can take a step, progress, be an average pass blocking, and he's gonna maul in the run game, I'll take that. Like that's yeah, didn't, than anything didn't Ezra Cleveland make a make a kind of a a pretty significant jump from when from his first year to his second year. Obviously, he still struggles with pass protection, but it mm-hmm. got better, I think, in his second year. I think first year, first year, especially offensive line, it's just weird because you're going, you don't have much time in the offseason to really just adjust and you're learning the playbook and everything. And this year, Ingram's able to focus on things he needs to improve on. He knows the playbook and everything. He knows the tendencies of the guys around him. So I think, yeah, he's he's got a better chance to succeed this year, definitely than last year. Yeah, I I, I don't know. He th- just one of the players that I'm looking forward to ahead of training camp, as yeah. well as uh, in joint practices. Yeah, uh, the Vikings aren't just having one joint practice no. this year; they are having two joint practices this year. The Vikings will host the Titans the week before their preseason game on August 19th, and they'll also host the Arizona Cardinals before their preseason game on August 26th. Both practices will take place at TCO Performance Center in Egan. Uh, are you excited for some scrimmages? Um, I think the Vikings are. I think this has turned pre- turned into their preseason games pretty much, at least for their starters. Yeah. So you can expect the starters probably not to play a whole lot in uh, the Titans preseason game or the Cardinals preseason game. Um, these because I think what they had the the Niners last year and they used uh, the those joint practices to really they were they were pretty physical and everything and. You're able to get a lot more out of those because your 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 side of the ball's on the field the whole time. Um, you know, you're not you're not going every three plays, every four plays, punting and and like in a game. You just keep to get to keep going and going and going. I think the Vikings like that more. Also, Titans and Cardinals are like, yeah, we'll, we'll come to TCO. Well, I 
Sure. Yeah, we'll go to your state-of-the-art practice facility, especially the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we will go there. Uh, you you want to come over and pray? It's like when you're uh, like when we were kids, and like your uh, friend got like an Xbox 360. Like, oh, you want to come? Out? Yeah, I'll hang out with you. Yes, like yes, I will. We'll your your first, parents are too cheap to get you one. We'll get an up close and personal look <laughs> of uh, Will Levis. See if the Vikings were right to pass on him, who I think is struggling in OTAs. Not, I don't know if that, what that means, um, but he's he's not doing that great. But he's also a rookie corp. Um So we get to see Will Levis, Derek Henry. That'll be interesting. Vikings trying to tackle him, maybe. Probably not. They'll just push him out of bounds. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the Vikings will at least know how to stop the run by the end of those Titan scrimmages because that's all they'll do. Like, <laughs> how How is Will Levis struggling when his, like, number one play is drop back three steps and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry? Yeah, I would say the Titans' practices are probably going to be more physical because of Rabel, and that's their style under him, where Cardinals, I, I don't I don't know what to expect. I, th- I feel like the Cardinals will probably be better for figuring out how to stop maybe like deep, deep, deep receivers, like deep threats, like Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore, guys like that, you know, keep them from stretching the field. Uh, where the Titans, who are the Titans have a receiver? They got the rookie last year. I forgot what it was. Traylon Burks. Yeah. Because at he, this time of this year, it was like, oh my God, he's out of shape. And like, no, you he's just asthma. got asthma. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal, but. Um, and he kind of came along at the end yeah. of uh, last year, so that'd be interesting to see how how he does. Um, but yeah, it'll be. I, I like joint practices. I think the Vikings and and the Kevin O'Connell said they get more out of those than preseason games. So I think this is something for the NFL. Well, the NFL is never going to give up preseason games, cause especially no. the owners, because that's just easy money. Because they charge the same price for uh, <laughs> preseason tickets as they do. Regular season tickets. Um, so they're never going to give that up unless they get another game in the regular season, which will happen. In- and they rope in the season ticket holders to buy those games. Right. Um, right. So, uh, no, I, li- I like joint practices, and uh, I'm glad that they are both at, at TCO because it kind of gives the Vikings players a little more control and familiarity. They know where things are on the field. They know where certain spots are. So it, it seems like it's probably less of a chance for, for injury. But you never know because it's football. So. And it's big enough to house two teams. Like yep. you're not going to have like the 2020 Money in the Bank ladder match breaking out with like people like brawling in the weight room or whatever. Yeah, and they have the like, hotel, so the, yes. the other team can stay there. Yeah, so. only the finest for the 10 and seven Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah. <laughs> last thing I'll say about this 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 whole joint practice thing. I know the players don't exactly like it because it ramps up intensity, mm-hmm. especially like the veterans and stuff. But this is basically throwing it back to the old days. Um, the only difference is like, I remember talking to somebody because I used to go to river falls, uh, university of Wisconsin, river falls for college. And they would host the Kansas city chiefs for training mm-hmm. camp. <laughs> now everybody has a practice facility. So they just hold training camp there. And it's a lot. More. Who got in a fight there? Uh, a fight. Who got in a fight with the chiefs in training camp? You remember? Jer- was that Brock Lesnar? It was. It was Brock. That didn't happen in river falls though. I don't know that what happened, happened there. In Mankato. Mankato. It did happen in Mankato. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss going to Mankato too, like for training camp. That was always, I only went there a couple of times, but I mean, it, it just felt like football when you went like, you know, football season was coming when you went to Mankato. Now I haven't, I have not been to TCL performance center yet. Um, maybe this year. No, I, I have not yet. So, um, Maybe this is the year I check it out. Maybe one of these joint practices, I'll just say. I've never been driven by it before. I've never been by it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's huge. 
Yeah. So, but um, the point I was making is back in the day in Wisconsin, like I think the Bears practiced there, mm-hmm. the uh, Saints were there, uh, obviously the Packers, and they would all have joint practice. It was like the Cheese League or something, and they'd have like four or five joint practices, which I, I mean, it, it's better for teams. Like Phil mm-hmm. Mackey made this point on Purple Daily the other day that you can control the situations in a practice. Like a preseason game, if your offense goes three and out, oh, that's kind of it. Right. Like here you go, all right, it's, you know, red zone, two yep. minutes left, like, or, you know, two minute drill or whatever. You can get the exact situation and you're playing against a defense that you're unfamiliar with. So you can right. see how these players react in those situations. I think it's a really good idea. I think that we're going to see more of them. And I, I think that, you know, like you said, the preseason games are going to suffer, but who cares? Like, really, like we watch preseason games because we are paid for our opinions for those games. But um, overall, you know, the cut, not really the cutting, uh, the cut system is, is different this year, right? You know, they they go, they have to go. They don't cut until after the final preseason game. So they go from 90 to 53 instead of like oh, at the end 10 after the first game, 10 more after the second is up. All of it. It's after. like it's like uh, major league where they go to the locker and like there's a red tag in their locker. Yeah, yeah. Like like, uh, like half half the players from that final preseason game will not be there the next day. They'll they'll be what uh, what's his name Jamal Adams with a key card failing to get in the <laughs> in the building. Yeah, uh, which that's a lot. Like I'm sure they're gonna have an idea of who they they don't want, but like there's gonna be some guys on the bubble and they're gonna be like it's tough. Like. That seems like a ninety to fifty three. That's that's gonna be a lot of guys, and there's gonna be a lot of guys too, like that are gonna be surprise cuts, and and it'll kind of be like a probably a mini a mini free agency right before uh, start of the season with, with some of the guys that might get cut too. So I have to keep an eye on that. So everybody waits for their Madden rosters, like until like <laughs> yeah. you know for a glitchy game, and don't even get me started on that. <laughs> um, let's end with this: the Kevin O'Connell had an interview with SI's Albert Breer. I don't have the quote in front of me. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, he insinuated that when Quasi Adolfo Mensa and himself got to Minnesota, their key plan for last season was to build a culture and then kind of move forward and start this competitive rebuild thing. Um, I don't know, man. That just seems like crap to me <laughs> it, it does because you and i talked about this a little bit off air that you know he's like i liked a lot of the things that rick spielman and mike zimmer built here and i wanted to keep them and i wanted to build my own culture well, all the coaches were basically fired except, except for keen mccardle so because of the culture because of the culture <laughs> yes that's the number one reason mike zimmer was fired because mike zimmer wouldn't say hello to people in the hallway yeah. uh culture of fear was another word that eric kendrick's used like the, these are all things that are just coming back to me, but no, Kevin O'Connell's like, you know, I really like this. Uh, it's, <laughs> all the blinds being shut, like the fireplace, not being on no music. This is great. Like, I'm just going to spruce it. Maybe I'm just going to turn the music on a little bit louder and we'll do it that way. Um, that's Kel- a cute story. It was all Kellen Mond. Apparently it was all, yes, it was. It was. <laughs> it's, they just cut Kellen Mond. He was the, he was the culture guy. Him and Sean Mannion. They were the, they were just ruining the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get rid of them. Um, no, it, it it's a cool story. And I believe it too, because I mean, when you look at the Vikings right now, that has to be what Kevin O'Connell is selling. Like after last year, he goes, see what my culture can do. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get the players I want 
and I'll build this. Like you got a little taste of what it could be in the future. Now he's getting his own players. But I think when they got in there, the Wolves said, all right, F Mike Zimmer. He's the problem here. Mm -hmm. We want you to take this group and win as many games as possible. And the Vikings did that. They won 13 games. You know, the culture is markedly different than it was a year ago. But to sit there and go like, oh, yeah, I liked a lot of things that are going on. I'm not buying it. (laughs) No, Uh, it was definitely a a nice way to not say that we weren't really allowed to do anything that we wanted to do with the roster when we first got here. But uh, after we proved that we can win, uh, now we're able to do a little more things and then prove to our ownership that we can coach uh, without some of the players that they wanted to keep here forever, like Eric Hendricks, Adam Thielen, and those guys. Um, So, yeah, it was I read I read that, too. And. Like a lot of things with Kevin O'Connell, press conferences, interviews, it's it's a lot of Flop. nothing. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of nothing. You're not gonna find out. It's you're not gonna find what you would get from a Mike Zimmer interview. Mike Zimmer is gonna shoot you straight. He's gonna whether it's good or bad, he's gonna tell you probably uh, what's on his mind, uh, regardless of whose feelings it hurts. Where Kevin O'Connell, he's more concerned about you know what if a player reads this, um, you know, down the road. What what if they see this and they and they, you know, they 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 see this and they put it on in their fridge and they're like, oh, Kevin O'Connell hates me or whatever. What are you laughing about? I, I am reminded, I think it was Matthew Collar said this, but he made the comment that Mike Zimmer conducted press conferences like he thought it was nobody else was watching. Right. Like it was just him and the people in the room. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like no one's going to see this. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, I'm, I'm like pissed at Justin Jefferson. I'm going to play. I'm going to yeah. play BC Johnson ahead of him the first Was it after weeks. the Eagles game? I want to say 2016, where he just called them terrible. Um, and then they were like, oh, great. Soft? Yeah, was soft, that it? Yes, yes. He called soft. the offensive line soft, and everybody soft. was like, well, wait a minute. He ripped Sharif Floyd, uh, not knowing that his – uh, operation went terribly, uh, so that was good. Uh, his tweak with the Daniel club Hunter, in the tub, right? Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, we mentioned the Adrian Peterson stuff of you Anthony know, Barr has a tendency to coast. That was yeah, a good one. That was good. Uh, yeah, and uh, or Xavier Rhodes has to play better. Things like that. Uh, yeah, he wasn't wrong. No, um, Dave Carlson. Did you see the game? Yeah, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, but like, there's. I would say a better way to go about that. Maybe keep that in-house like Kevin O'Connell. He could be the same as Mike Zimmer in the locker room. Like as far as, as when the cameras are off and, and meeting with guys like, Hey, you really need to improve this. Like, we don't know what goes on in the team meeting rooms. He could be like singling out guys and being like, Hey, you need to fix this. Don't do this. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's as brash as Mike Zimmer. Uh, he might be more constructive criticism approach than <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Um, but there, you know, I would say that Kevin O'Connell, who is a former like sideline reporter, knows how to talk to the media. He knows what to say and what not to say. So I uh, think there is a layer of intensity to Kevin O'Connell that we don't see. Oh yeah, like you know, sure. he's like one of he's like. Uh, there has to gonna, be. This these is going to be an unhinged are... example, but like the nursing Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When he closes sees the, the door. media, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, hey, guys, it's great to see you. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. They leave. He locks the door. Be like, all right, you bitches are going to run gassers. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Like, could be for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's why Zanary Smith wound out. He's like, I don't, I don't like this. I'm have like, you seen this guy? No, this guy's super nice. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> you don't really know. Um, 
Can I go on a very quick wrestling rant to end this here? Yeah, I'm I'm never opposed to that. I am still mad about double or nothing. Oh, okay, okay. I okay. I wish I had stuff to do, right? I, I wish I had this huge, I wish I had a cabin. I wish I was on a lake. Right. I wish I was somewhere else instead of watching wrestling last weekend. But I was like, I'm going to make the best of this. I'm going to get double or nothing. I'm going to get a big old pizza from George's. I, I even splurged, got some wings. Oh, they were amazing. A <laughs> uh, little blue cheese with them. Hey, I'm not a big blue cheese guys normally, but that stuff was really good. Pay-per-view was one of the worst I have ever seen. <laughs> For fit and, and like you know, if I watch a bad WWE premium live event, as right. they're called now, um, I'm okay with it because it's like, all right, a it's ten bucks and b like I'm not. When you're asking me to pay fifty bucks, don't have your big surprise be a guy that your world champion just a couple weeks ago called take a shit up. Like I and, and like the anarchy in the arena match was really like Adam Cole and Chris Jericho was a bad match. Um, Chris Stadlander beating Jade Cargill, ending a 50 match winning streak. That was probably also, the best mess moment of the night, though, right? As that's what the they crowd, say. I was it? like sitting there, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is, but weird, that's what I'm saying. Whatever. Like, it wasn't that great, but still, it was like, that's that's Correct. what you should know about the rest of the, the event. Correct. Like, anarchy in the arena. It was basically like the thing I like about pro wrestling is like when a story is involved, like on Saturday. In the main event, you had this big story with Jimmy Uso kicking Roman Reigns in the head twice as this big, like, oh, my God moment. Anarchy in the arena was like, ah, ah, look at this. We got barbed wire. We got tables. The ref's bleeding. Ah, there's an exploding super kick. This guy took a pile driver. (laughs) Now they're fighting over here. Ah, ah." and it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, cool, dude. Like, why are we doing this? And we wonder why CM Punk, like, had a problem with those guys, you know, booking stuff and running the show. Cause and now all the people who are trashed him are welcoming him back with open arms. Like, well, he's going to be on a different show. Aren't they doing like, yes, they're going to doing like a soft rumor. grand split. Yeah. 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 Collision yeah. and dynamite. I don't know. I know this is a Vikings podcast. <laughs> I, I know. But at the same time, like, I don't know when I dump money into a product, mm-hmm. I tend to want to, and we talk about wrestling all the time on the show. So now that everybody has left, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just needed to get it out because I paid 50 bucks. I felt like I was robbed. I should have watched NXT instead because the last man standing match oh, yeah. was better than anything I had watched, paid 50 bucks for on Sunday night. So yeah, you that, felt like that's um, basically my- the, uh, what, what, what was the last paper? You, was it night of champions? Yeah. Night of champions. Yeah. You felt like the, uh, the Rhea and, uh, and, uh, Natalia match was like every match for the AEW pay-per-view because it was just laughable. Almost. It was very dragger. And the crowd was really dead. That was the other thing that was just weird. And I don't know. Like, I saw a tweet where somebody was watching TakeOver while at Double or Nothing. I'm like, well, that tells you all you need to know. But, like, it also might have been. They they were in Vegas from, like, Wednesday until Sunday. Like, were some of those guys who at the show. What about the crowd, though? Like, the crowd should be. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, the crowd people. Yeah, might have been there for dynamite Maybe on Vegas Wednesday isn't and that just made it a, a long weekend, and yeah. they were burned out by the time they I don't got think, to double or nothing. I, yeah, I don't think WWE has a lot of pay per views in Vegas. I don't, I don't think they they go there a lot. Like, they tried every- Money in the Bank there last year, and they wanted to do it at Allegiant Stadium, mm. but they couldn't sell it out, right. so they had to move oh, it yeah. to the MGM Grand. That's right, which is like a fifth of capacity, and it was right. actually a decent show, but. 
Yeah, they all have been. Um, yeah, like I saw someone be like, just have it in New York next year or whatever, or Chicago, Atlantic or City, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just a place where you know you know you're gonna get a good crowd. Don't mm-hmm. don't mess with like what's supposed to be what your biggest show of the year, and you're like, oh, the crowd's dead. So now this whole show is ruined because uh, you need the crowd, as we found out in the pandemic. You need the crowd in wrestling. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, yeah. I. I. Yeah. I watched whatever. Uh, what. Anything that I saw from that the AEW pay per view, I was was not impressed. I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. Um. But I did watch most of Night of Champions, especially the ending, which was amazing. I've watched the ending of Night of Champions like ten times. Oh yeah, it's got like ten million <laughs> it's views. Just, it's just. It's just awesome. I did what you should have done a long time ago. I got you. Just kicks yeah. him in the head again. <laughs> no, and and guess what? The storyline has been going on for over a year as so many new branches and what like when's the last time we've had a story like that in wrestling it's been a long time and it's not just you know we we look at things that like, could happen at SummerSlam. now it's like dude what could happen like next month what could what could happen on friday when roman reigns has his thousand day championship right. celebration is he just gonna be like oh uh, yeah totally forgot about your brother man it's all cool no he's gonna murder jay it's gonna be awesome in front of like his grandpa and <laughs> his stuff. entire family and they could bring in rikishi oh he's gonna be there I, he's been, I he's, love been rikishi. he's been tweeting and stuff because those are his kids so he's gonna he's, he's got something to say his uh his wife she's the man his wife who is what in tna now is it tna or is it just impact i think it's impact okay but tna and baby myself about. yeah his wife's Jimmy, Jimmy's wife is in there. He's been she's been tweeting mm. like, oh, oh, you Trinity, yes, you awoke something you didn't want to do. So watch out. But she's not she's not going to be making an appearance because no, they're done with that. <laughs> she's she's a little upset. Well, this is the Viking Age podcast. Um, yeah, we're talking with about occasional wrestling commentary. What's that? We're talking about Roman Reigns. Yes, R- Roman Reigns, Vikings yeah. legend Joe, Roman Reigns, and we Joe mentioned Illinois. Brock Lesnar earlier in the show. So <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of old Viking ties when it comes to professional wrestling. But we do this right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel every Monday and Thursday. We're also in podcast form the very next day on Apple and Spotify. However you catch up, make sure that you like, comment, share, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. For Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad. We'll catch you next time on the Viking Age podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.